Folks, hello and welcome to Tavern Chat, the daily cast available on YouTube, uh, Anchor, wherever you get your podcasts. So today we actually have a follow-up voicemail to the uh, hyperlinked PDF controversy episode. And, well... You know what? We'll just we'll just hop into that, and then we'll take it from there. So, without further ado, good morning, Eric. This is Taylor from Cleric Square Ringmail calling in to talk about links in RPG products. So, like you, I don't really use the links in the index at all. Um, when I'm working on a physical media, they just don't work. I keep tapping the page with my finger, and the, the pages don't turn. I have to do it manually. I, th- I see what you did there, Taylor. You made it funny. And you know what? Uh, and I will say this. It is uh, funny, but there's some truth to it, because I, I do know when I'm working on but from reading a PDF on my computer screen or on my lap, on my laptop, I want to scroll with my fingers. I want to touch, and like I do with my iPad, but I can't do that because it isn't touch. But I digress. I think it's a problem with the print-on-demand process. But in PDFs, uh, honestly, if I'm going to be searching for something, it's easier for me to control F and then search. And I'll be honest with you, I don't even do control F and and search. Well, because again, I am reading most of my PDFs on a tablet. I'm not reading the majority of them on my computer screen. Do I read some of them on my computer screen? Sure. That's part of the reason why I have two screens. I have a second screen set up in a vertical position, not horizontal, but vertical to read PDFs. However, that's more for me to read PDFs for when I'm doing an episode of the cast or if I'm reading something and referencing them for a blog post and I want to copy-paste. That's why that screen is there. I don't use it to read PDFs on a regular basis. It just isn't convenient for me. Rather than to scroll back to the index. Now, where linking is useful i would say linking is super useful for cross references now this is interesting and Taylor calls back and goes into a bit more details on it and i will say if i could find more products that have it as Taylor talks about it i'd probably use the feature more to elaborate if i'm reading a module and it says if the players in room A attack the goblins, they will alert the bugbear in room C. And the word room C is a link to the room C description, or the goblin is a link to a bestiary entry for goblin. That's super useful. And it's extremely useful. And I would love to see that on longer adventures. And, and dare I say things like Barrow or something like, hmm, trying to, trying to think. I guess you have to be on the level of barrow maze, really, right, for that to become um, 
something that is needed. If I'm writing a short adventure, four, eight, ten pages, do you need those hyperlinks? No. But if you're looking at an adventure that's 120 pages long with hundreds of rooms, yes. Holy crap. That becomes not just useful, maybe even becomes a selling point. I've caught myself using that before. Now, I'm not a commercial publisher yet, per our conversation about how easy it is to get on drive through I may try to do that. <laughs> and getting on drive through is not difficult. And there's other routes to go, too. You can do itch.io or um, even sell things as like a, a PayPal link. There's just there's other ways, but drive through is pretty easy. If, if you're a humble uh, bartender can sell on drive-through. I, I think most anybody can. Instead of continuing on the blog, but um, I use Libre, so it's easy for me, but I understand why someone who is more professional, who is using a real product, uh, would not necessarily want to invoke that cost. Um, anyway, the point was to... I by, by the way, the cost is a lot of times it's, it's time. And to make sure your, your link's work and not just come from the index but by doing those links within the entries uh, it can be time consuming but i'm not saying it wouldn't be useful right there's a balance to it though identify the use case and would i pay extra for it uh, no <laughs> no i probably wouldn't and you know what folks i find that observation from Taylor, it'd be interesting. He wouldn't pay extra for it, right? It's a feature. It's a useful feature. But would you pay extra for it? No. Now, people are out there, and they're going to argue, well, it shouldn't be extra. It should be, that should be basic. Well, you know what? What you think should be basic is not going to be a basic feature to somebody else. And for some people, it's worth a premium. Now, here's the thing. I will, generally speaking, I'll read an adventure in PDF, but when I run it, I need it printed. And why is that? Maybe it's still that old styleness to me. I like to feel things, but I like to make notations on stuff. A lot of times when I run an adventure, I keep track of the hit point. I keep track of the creatures, the monsters, on those pages directly. I, you know, my scrap paper might be minimal because I'm I'm taking care of it within the adventure. If you look at my old uh, TSR era adventures, there's pencil marks and all of them as I kept track of hit points. So it's just a habit I've gotten into. And you can't do that conveniently with a PDF. Yes, I know you can mark them up with the uh, right apps, but it's not the same. So I like to have it printed out, and I flip through the pages. So the hyperlinked aspect would be interesting and would be useful when I was reading it possibly in bed, my first reading through. But when I'm going to run it, I'm going to be running it from a printed page. So it's not going to really be as huge a benefit as it could be for others, at least for me. But, again... A six of one hit doesn't the other. I'd like to get the opinions of others. For some people, 
I can literally, I can really see how this would be hugely important. But for me, it's not a, it's not a deal breaker. And it's certainly not where I'm going to hang my hat and uh, block people on social media because I disagree with them. Right? Just, just a thought. Just my, my, my twist on that. So, folks, we are still in the midst of the world of the pandemic, although maybe, maybe. You know, it's like it's like after that, after that nuclear holocaust, you were always fearing as a kid growing up in the '60s, '70s, and '80s, and it's like, okay, the nuclear winter is is breaking off, and now sunlight's gonna come back, and well, you know what, life is beginning to potentially return to normal. However, we aren't fully there yet. Um, I'm vaccinated. Rach is vaccinated. We're gonna be at North Texas in a couple of weeks. But not everybody's vaccinated. I understand that. Um, and not everybody is able to get vaccinated. Not everybody wants to get vaccinated. You know your personal health situation. You know what the risk factors are for you. You know what decision is best for you and your family. I will say this. Use your common sense to keep yourself, your family, your friends, your loved ones healthy and safe. You can't help others if you yourself are not healthy. Be safe, be well, God bless. Roll those dice. Roll them well. And uh, God willing, knock on wood, I shall be back again tomorrow. Maybe uh, maybe a little uh, backyard broadcasting, we shall see. All right? All right, folks. Thank you much. I'll catch you later. Folks, hello and welcome to Tavern Chat, the vidcast, the podcast, the castcast. So, I don't usually do uh, too many emails because I mostly get voicemails, but sometimes I do get emails, and Epi Camacho is a longtime taverner, and he makes some very good points. This is in regards to gamer entitlement. You know, when you get those gamers that... Uh, I... I I shouldn't say they, they spur me to violence, but they give me violent thoughts sometimes because it's all about me, me, me. And I could even do something else about that, but I got some voicemails I also need to get to that'll probably happen this weekend, uh, Saturday or Sunday. But in the meantime, uh, from Epi, just watched a video about entitled folks in a hobby. That's something I have seen firsthand, and it's honestly a sad thing to witness. This is going to be a two-part email, so I hope you're ready. And it's two parts within one email. One of my favorite games is Castles and Crusades. And I have to tell, personally, myself, CNC is a great game. It is what brought me back to gaming. I bought Castles and Crusades on, at buy.com. Which he doesn't even buy right now. I don't know what the heck it is right now, but buy.com. Great, oh, great name for, for a website, right? I, I think that it was like $9.19 for the player's handbook for CNC or a player's guide. And uh, I bought like a half dozen copies. I could give it out to my old gaming group. CNC reads like AD&D 1E back in the day that we played it, even though it's got its chassis is built on third edition. So, 
It's like that Rosetta Stone between the OSR and 3E. Great system. I'd love to see uh, more support, not just from the trolls, but from other companies. Um, and, if, and the fact that it's so easy, to, it's, it's, it's simplistic, it's got easy mechanics, and you can easily make it your own. Today, now, this, of course, is going back to the weekend, because uh, Epi sent me this email over the weekend. I've had so much other crap to get to. I, I apologize, Epi. Uh, today, one of the Facebook posts in the group, I saw that someone was suggesting a major change to one of the classes. It doesn't really matter what the change was, but it was an obvious home rule. They wanted to be made an official part of the game. I've seen this. It's like, uh, I, I think that. And it should be. And that's not how it is. And listen, I've experimented with house rules since I was gaming in the 80s. You know, house rules are are great. And uh, even coming back to gaming, uh, my, my players could tell you, I experimented with using luck, bringing a version of luck into it. Kind of like DCC, but different into my Swords of Wizardry. Because you find little rules hacks that feel good, but it doesn't mean it should be part of the core rules, the official rule set. But in any case, um, they wanted to make it, make it an official part of the game. I would simply respond with the usual, it's your game, play it as you see fit. They replied that they wanted it to be an official rule change. At that point, I just said that not everything has to be made to be framed around their specific House rules, and it's impossible to change the official rules to suit everyone. I can already see where this is going. Of course, they then blocked me. This is touching on another topic, and I think it's actually uh, appropriate. Yes. And that is something that often happens in these internet, internet discussions. And listen, again, I blocked somebody last week because they weren't arguing in good faith. Again, misquoting stuff I had just stated. But other people blocked real quickly. And you know what? You know who's a quick person to, to block? People they disagree with? The offender that actually led to me blocking somebody, Zach Smith. Zach used to run Google Plus as if it was a walled garden. I never knew what a walled garden was until Zach and others started walling off this garden, only allowing their circle, their close-knit uh, people to do attaboy. No matter what you do, you're fucking awesome, right? Um, and, and therefore, never heard dissenting voices. That is something that, I got to say, Google Plus really enabled more so maybe than Facebook. But Facebook has it. Listen, I'm on a, the block list of numerous people because... I don't use my platforms, the blog, the podcast, the YouTube forum, the Discord channel. I don't use it for the forces of good. Now, the forces of good is, to me, I further gaming, right? I further the OSR. I like to get a, build a gaming community. But the people that have their issues with me is because I don't use it for their political aims. And uh, I should be using my my platform for what they believe, whether on the left or the right, to be uh, the proper political, social aim. I don't do that shit. I don't believe in that shit. So 
Walk away. Make your own echo chambers. It's fine. You know, if all you want to hear is yourself and uh, dripping water, you know, God bless you. So, that's the end of, that's the, end of the story. After the block, I see that a, a lot when someone comes from another game system, whether it be 5e, Pathfinder, or something else, and there's always that one person says, why isn't there room for X, Y, Z in here? Because they're so used to it. And if there's no rule, they can't, it can't be done. Again, I had I ran a game of Swords and Wizardry Light for players expecting 5e. And it did take some time at the game table at Gary Connable years ago to get them to get away from the uh, I use my intuition skill. You no, know, you don't. I don't do you think he's lying? Maybe he's lying. I, I can't tell you. you Asking questions, that's how it works in most old school games, right? Um, they really need to open their minds a bit and realize the rules were made as a framework, made to be broken. So Epi can't stand rules lawyers. Uh, you know what? I don't mind a rules lawyer so long as they realize that the court does not necessarily, in the world of gaming, uh, make decisions that are going to be based on rules. I might set a new precedent and say, I I may legislate from the gaming bench at my table, and that's fine. Okay? I don't mind rules lawyers. Quote the rules in the book. I might have forgotten it. That's great. Maybe I'll go, oh, shit, you're right. Glad you fixed that. Or I might go, yeah, I know this rule, and I think it's bullshit, and this is how I roll at the table. But now I'm setting precedent. So somebody can come back and go, well, last session, you did it X, Y, Z. And you're like, oh, shit, you're right, I did. Let's stick with that precedent. Second part of Epi's email. The second part deals with VTT. Pro VTT is programming a rule set for even as simplest games as an uphill battle in coding and planning out. Uh, you sound like you're doing fantasy grounds. If you know how to code for fantasy grounds, I understand. I've been told it is easy as pie, or maybe even easier than pie. However, I had trouble just converting adventures into use for fantasy grounds. So, unless you're buying stuff that's pre-programmed for you, uh, rule sets like Roll Twenty seem to run better for me because I'm very much more theater of the mind. But in any case. Um, a tip of the iceberg, if you will. For the most part, uh, there are many in the hobby who have dedicated a significant portion of their time and knowledge to building out these rule sets for the various, almost countless, it seems, virtual tabletops that are out there. I hate seeing folks complaining about a usually free rule set, but how it doesn't contain their favorite spell or akin to a simple drag and drop of stats or inventory or anything of that sort. I've seen that too. Not a lot, because most of the groups that I play with we don't really use a lot of that, but I've seen it on message boards. And again, somebody volunteering their time, take what you can get, unless you think you can do better. And I'll be guaranteeing you, almost without a doubt, almost without exception, those complaining are, like me, skillless when it comes to coding. So, learn, learn, this is what we, this is what we say, learn to code you know, if if you're gonna complain about something that you have no ability to yourself, 
and other people volunteer their time to do, well, then learn to do it yourself, and then you have nobody to complain to but yourself, right? Um, the worst offenders are the ones who, like my first point, complain about how they can't do the thing they were able to do with the official 5e rule set, with this other rule set. People forget a VTT is meant to assist in running your games online. Although some of them are more integrated, some of them are more uh, completest in what they can do. Um, I don't know. Again, I'm a minimalist. It's the reason why at the Roll20 asked me to record one of my sessions, and I told them, you probably don't want the minimalist, minimalist that I am uh, doing so. And the fact that we'd have to probably cut three-fourths of the audio for being uh, uh, improper, uh, not politically correct, vulgar, obscene, and just really bad, like, potty jokes. So, you know, think about, you know, D&D was at the table when you're a teenager. I don't think it's changed for a lot of these groups that form amongst like friends. Uh, gaming is our chance to act like 16 years old, but with beer, you know, kind of happens. Um, Epic Design is not supposed to be the focus of and do everything, every damn thing for you. You know what? But for some people, it is. And I understand that. And I, I mean, Epi says, use some tokens, share a map, and roll some dice. I don't even use tokens. But I appreciate those that do. And those that do all the extras and the Chachki thing. I never used to use, um, what do you call it? Like virtual handouts, player's handouts on Roll20 until I was actually a player in a game that used it. I went, oh, this is a pretty cool trick. I should use this. So, listen, this is certainly one of those to each their own. I think when it comes to VTT, you have to find a group that kind of matches your play style. If they like everything automated, then, and you don't, that's not the group for you. And if you like everything automated and your group is being run by some jackass like me, you probably don't want to play in my group. You'll be like, uh, why isn't this automated? Listen, dude, just roll the dice. I mean, I've had players roll their own dice at the table, physical desk they're sitting at, and then tell me the results. Whatever works. Whatever works. Uh, anyway, I'll get off my soapbox of the program in its many forms and hope you and the family are well. Hope to see you all at North Texas. You will see me and my lovely wife, Rach, at North Texas. I will not be running the Frog Guy game with a games uh, booth, but I will be uh, I will be realming. I will be getting in trouble, I am quite sure. Nice, good trouble, but trouble nonetheless. I think that Wednesday night, Chris Dodgill is going to be uh, hosting, uh, hopefully, a live stream. If not, we'll record it. Of uh, the North Texas, uh, was it the evening before? Get it on. Uh, we're going to be doing a drink tasting. Adult beverages only. Folks, on that note, I'd like to remind everybody we're still in the midst of the world of COVID. What does that mean? It means use your common sense, right? Use your common sense to keep yourself, your loved ones, your family, your friends healthy and safe. Be safe, be well. God bless each and every one of you. Roll those dice, roll them well. And uh, knock on wood, I believe I'm back tomorrow with uh, Joe the Lawyer for 
iron rations. Game of Health on Saturday Night with Rach. So, uh, I got some voicemails to get through, to get to. Might get to them uh, Saturday as a bonus episode or Sunday. We'll, we shall see. All right, folks. On that note, I'm out of here. Thank you so much. Oh, don't forget. Subscribe, like, comment. I think I said all. All right. Thank you.